The purge is here. What are we going to do about it? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Is this broadcast soon going to be kicked off the air? Will there be a crackdown against Christian conservatives? How far will this go? And what free speech should be allowed and what should not be allowed? Welcome to the Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown. Jen, I appreciate your note, appreciating my remarks from last night on Facebook. Quote, a voice of reason in the cyclone of emotionalism By God's grace, that's what we want to be for each of you watching and listening, a voice of moral sanity and spiritual clarity. We're going to get to a lot of very important subjects today. We'll take some calls, 866-348-7884. But I am regularly on my knees before the Lord saying, God, I am not the man. I am not the answer man. I am not the fixer, the corrector in chief. I want to serve you and serve your people. I've said that before. I say it again. So I I want to present issues for us to think through together. I have convictions. I have concerns. Then I have questions as well. I want to think those through together with you as we continue to watch one unexpected thing happen after another. You know what this reminds me of? Maybe you're watching some dramatic movie. I mean, it's action, thriller, dramatic movie, you know, for the family, but it's still intense. And and it's like 20 minutes in and it's a two-hour movie and you've already had every imaginable thing happen. You think, what's going to happen in the next hour and 40 minutes? Just when you think we've seen the last act or it can't get any crazier, it gets crazier. And this has been steadily since 2020. We start 2020 with the impeachment of Trump and we enter 2021 now with the impeachment of Trump. And, and who ever thought, who thought that you would see the day when social media, Twitter in particular, would ban the president of the United States for life? What, 85, 88 million followers, whatever Donald Trump has? Ban him for life. You can never tweet again. I'm... I, the Twitter Twitter banning the president? I mean, how much power does big tech have? How far does it go? Or should these things be restricted? What are the limits of free speech? I'm watching the headlines. I wrote an article responding to Michelle Obama. Friday afternoon, I wrote a, an article responding to the former first lady on Thursday, who raised many valid concerns, and then in my view overstated many other things, and made things into race issues that weren't race issues, but then said Donald Trump should be banned from social media for life. She appealed to the big Silicon companies, ban him for life. So I wrote an article responding to that and saying why I strongly differed with that position early Friday afternoon. I wrote that article responding. By the time the article was up on different sites, that night he was already banned. He was already banned. It was unreal. And then, okay, many people were fleeing Twitter, going to Parler, parler.com. But hang on, hang on. Google Play Store, 
Apple Play Store said, we're not going to carry your app. In other words, you, you can't get the app. And this is the principal places you get it. You go to your phone, get the app. You can't get the app. And, and you go to certain, try to get on your browser, and, and you can't access some of these places. Like, what in the world is going on here? And, and then, and I'll get to issues about free speech and things that are outrageous and what should be allowed and shouldn't be allowed. We'll, we'll talk this through together, all right? But, but then, after that, uh, so Apple says, remove this content or, or we're going to block you. Now, Gab, which was another Twitter alternative, already got blocked by Apple and Google. So you, you, couldn't, you couldn't use their apps to get the Gab app, all right? Makes it much harder for people to find and get over there. But then Amazon, which hosts Parler, was on their servers. Amazon says, we're pulling this. So as of midnight, was it last night? Midnight last night, that's it. Can't, Parler does not exist online. So they've got to reconstruct everything and get on other servers, etc. And then you have... Okay, here's a place you can donate, you know, for Donald Trump, you know, and Republicans that he's working with, etc. And that, no, we're not taking donations anymore. So here's the problem. Here's the scary thing. If you had Trump as president, or at the least a Republican Senate or House, in particular Senate, then you could push back against this. You could say, hey, this is censorship. Hey, this is going too far because Twitter purged thousands of others. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Many others are still there. Others have just gotten off as a, as a statement. But, but Twitter's purged many others. I, I didn't have a big Twitter account. I had 45,000 on Twitter. Our, our Facebook account is, what, close to 600,000. But Twitter is only 45,000. But I, I'm down to about 43.1. I just noticed when I was there, like, what happened to the... Well, one thing is a lot of people just left. You know, Rush Limbaugh, Lou Dobbs, others deactivated their accounts or said we're getting off Twitter. Mark Levin, you know, other big players said we're just getting off in protest for censorship. And, and you, don't, you don't do what they're doing, especially when you have all kinds of ugly stuff. You know, the Ayatollah Khamenei of, of Iran can call Israel a cancer and needs to be exterminated. And he's on. Twitter said, well, that's just sword, sword saber rattling, saber rattling from a foreign leader. That's all that is. And, and Rand Paul's wife said to Twitter, you've allowed death threats against my husband and celebrating the attack against him for, for many months now, and that's up on your site. How is that right? So there's the hypocrisy. That's, that's being looked at. But you, you've got a, a widespread thing happening that we've never seen happen. And, and now you do not have the power on the Republican side to push back against it so where does it go? Here's what Greg Gutfeld tweeted. Greg Gutfeld of Fox News tweeted this. Okay, this is my last tweet. He had another one before it saying it was the last, but then said, okay, no, this is the last. Okay, this is my last tweet. CNN tries to get FNC Fox News Channel banned. Apple targets parlor. Publishers dump writers. Simon & Schuster was going to publish a book by Josh Hawley, Congressman Josh Hawley on the tyranny of big tech and because of his political stance, they drop him. Music labels drop artists. Some, some rock star gets dropped for uh, attending the, the rally that obviously turned into the horrific events of the storming of the Capitol. Twitter bans, removes thousands. Tech companies join hands. This redefines who the true rebels are. If you like the purge, you're the servant. So there's a discussion on Fox News about this. And 
Let's listen to what Charlie Kirk has to say. Charlie Kirk works especially with college-age young people. Uh, Turning Point USA, I think, is his organization. So he is on Fox, and he's asked for his take on what's happening with the banning of the president and the, the clamping down on many conservative voices. And this is what he has to say. Charlie, what do you think? Yeah, it's completely outrageous. It's predictable. Twitter has been kind of building up to this moment for a couple months now. It, in kind of an ironic turn of events, Twitter shouldn't be banning President Trump. They should be giving him a dividend of the stock. I mean, when Twitter was, four or five years ago, Twitter was $18 a share. It closed at over $50 a share, large in part because President Trump made the platform relevant again. And this is a very, very disturbing turn of events when the current president of the United States, as we are talking right now, is restricted from communicating to 88 million people. Some could argue it could potentially be a national security risk. But even beyond this, uh, this is something that the left has wanted to do for quite some time. Uh, they are using the events that no one is supporting in any form whatsoever from a couple days ago as an excuse for a massive censorship uh, campaign that I'm afraid is not going to stop. I'm currently up on Twitter right now. I hope to continue to be. Uh, but this seems to now be a out of control pattern from the masters of Menlo Park yeah. that want to silence disagreement. And they got the big one. All right. So what if you genuinely believe, though, that the president is going to be a menace, that he is going to be calling for an armed uprising against others in the nation or in your own neighborhood or something in D.C. with the inauguration, then what do you do? I laid the blame for the storming of the Capitol at the feet of Donald Trump, not so much for that day, but for months and months and months and months of inflaming hostilities and demonizing opponents and attacking people in the most vulgar, ugly ways and, and celebrating the locker-up type chants and things. You, you're, you can't inflame people like that and then not expect the crazies to go do something crazy. Of course, every person I know is utterly appalled, utterly, absolutely, totally appalled at what happened in D.C. I know people that were there praying, and they said, what in the world happened? This is the, the ugliest thing we've ever seen. These are crazies. These, these are white-ring ra radicals and, and white supremacists and hyper-nationalists and these others. It's terribly dangerous. We, we all utterly reject what happened in D.C., that's what Charlie Kirk is saying. And yet the purge is kind of sweeping everyone under under with it. And, and did the president actually tweet things that crossed a line and therefore should be banned? Uh, Steve Helton, British political commentator, also on Fox News. Uh, listen what Steve Hilton had to say. This is his take. Yeah, that's right. By the way, I'm here. I am in Menlo Park. That's where I'm speaking to you from. Perhaps I should go down the road and complain <laughs> directly myself. Um, I think the issue here is that we can all agree that Twitter, Facebook, they're private companies. They can do what they want. They've clearly made a decision to weigh in on one side of the political argument. They are now clearly and unambiguously saying they are supporting the Democrats. They are anti-conservative, anti-Republican. That's what they've decided to do. Fine, they can do that. The problem is when there's no competition, when they have a monopoly over information. That's why I've argued for a long time now that we need to break up Facebook, not just do the Section 230 change that now people have come to a consensus around, but break up these companies so there's competition. And therefore, in a way, the more disturbing story today, I think, is that Apple is saying to Parler, which is an alternative to Twitter that people can use, conservatives can use, Apple is saying to Parler, we're going to kick you off 
unless you do what we want in terms of censoring conservatives. Now, that is really frightening. The answer to all of this is competition, and we mustn't allow Apple or anyone else to crush it. The problem is, of course, now Parler for the moment is, is crushed. The question is, how far does this go? What's coming next? Uh, I'm not speaking in fear. God's faithful and we'll get our message out one way or another. But, but look at what President Harry Truman said about free speech and even allowing opposition speech. He said in 1950, <clears throat> once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go. And that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. So what do you do? How much freedom do you allow? These are private companies on the one hand, as long as they're consistent with their terms of service, they can do what they're doing. But how far do you let things go? And what speech should be regulated? We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on The Line of Fire. Looking over at Facebook, Maya says, corporations are about to defund the Republican Party. Thank God. Uh, You really don't want to think that way, Maya, because one day it's going to turn the other way. All right. And obviously, quote, corporations don't have the power to defund the Republican Party. But that's the last thing that you want. The last thing that I want, even though I voted Republican, is for corporations to defund the Democrats. That's because one way or another, when you rule by force in this way, when when you rule by taking over and removing other people's rights, it's just a matter of time before they overthrow you. You, you put them in prison, they'll revolt and put you in prison. And that's not the way America operates. That's not, the way our, that's not the way our country runs. And to the extent it runs that way, it's not America. To the extent it runs that way, it's not the country that we love. And look, it's just like on college campuses. You have to have freedom of thought and freedom of ideas and freedom of speech. And when it gets suppressed, which is happening increasingly on campuses, I'm documenting it in in a new book that I'm working on. It so happens that one of the chapters in the book deals with the big tech takeover. And I thought, oh, my, I got to start adding all new material. And then I thought, you know, I better wait a few weeks for everything to settle because every day I'm writing new pages. So let's wait for it to settle. But the suppression of of free speech and thought on college campuses, you get penalized for, for a viewpoint as opposed to having an environment where you can honestly discuss your viewpoints. And those who have been downtrodden, those who have been treated as second-class citizens in America, should be the ones who know that best. Should say, I don't want what happened to me to happen to others. A- anyway, there's a whole other discussion we could go on there. What about if you differ with someone's lifestyle and so on? And where does that go? That's a whole other discussion. But here, here's the other side to free speech. No, I do not believe that Twitter is right in banning Donald Trump for life. Even if you could debate until the inauguration, even if you could debate that with the uncertainty of where things are heading and with the volatility of the moment and with his unreliability or instability or whatever you're concerned about, even if you could make a case 
that he should have been banned temporarily. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter initially said, okay, temporary ban, or Facebook at least till the inauguration. Even if you could make a case for that, you can't make a case for a lifelong ban. Period. I mean, it's just utterly absurd and ridiculous. And probably more than just about any Trump supporter out there, I criticize his tweets probably more than, more than any. I mean, all the time, a lot of you that are Trump supporters were upset with me. Mike, why do you always have to say something negative? Why do you always have to be? Because it was there and it's dangerous. But certainly within the limits of free speech and within the community guidelines of Twitter. Now, on the other hand, Parler has been a voice much more for the right. Some said it's kind of like a pro-Trump echo chamber. But when folks encourage me to have an account there, it's like wherever I can reach people, that's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if I can have an account that's mainly read by people that differ with me, that's wonderful. That, that's excellent. All right. But, you know, this one may lean left, this one may lean right. You know, in each, each of the places where we are, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, just trying to reach people, right? And if these things go away, we'll, we'll have other ways to reach people, as we did before. But <clears throat> the, the fact is that I, I know that one leans one way a little bit more, or one leans another way. One is more male, one is more female, one is younger, one is older. You know, Snapchat versus Instagram versus this versus that. But... I just know, you know, the little account we have on Parler, a couple thousand people, whatever. And I'm not there much. I'll just post and that's it. But here, this is what attorney Lynn Wood posted. It's still up on Parler. Right? As of last night, it was still up on Parler. And this is his actual account. And it had thousands and thousands and thousands of, of likes and, you know, whatever the, the symbol is there. And thousands of comments. <clears throat> this is still up as of last night. Lynn Wood, attorney Lynn Wood. Good afternoon. I'm hearing rumors that Pence and leaders of the coup are planning to arrest and execute President Trump and his followers. Typical move by communist tyrants. They will never do it as 80 million plus patriots would react and it would not end well for that. And then he goes on. He's, he's in his vehicle. He says, hey, I'm ready to take off. They're coming after me. You know, kind of ha ha. But but um, bottom line, bottom line is that. uh <laughs> That's ins- that is insanity. It's dangerous and it's insane. Dangerous and insane. It's that simple. But it's up. Now, on the other hand, there's stuff on Twitter on, on the left that's also dangerous and insane. Where does one draw the line with free speech? In, in my view, in my view, this is a place to draw the line. If it is illegal. In other words, if you could stand up on a street corner in America and say certain things, and it's legal and protected, then should be legal and protected in a, a platform like Facebook or Twitter, right? If, if you have just a specific thing, we're Christians, we have XYZ standards, everyone has to comply, no profanity, no name-calling, no personal attacks, etc., and, and you're going to delete everything, I mean, be very painstaking, but if that's the case, if that's the case, then, then you, um, okay, so the parlor... Yeah, no, it definitely went down, Chris. It definitely went down uh, because they lost their service as of probably midnight West Coast time last night. But my view about free speech, and I'm not an expert on this legally. I'm just saying philosophically. If you could stand on a street corner in America and, and say certain things, right? For example, you could say that George Washington didn't exist, 
or that I believe that <clears throat> the um, Elvis Presley has risen from the dead and it's going to launch an invasion on, on my city. I could legally get up and say that, as crazy as it is, right? But if I got up and said, now I'm warning every one of you that Elvis Presley looks like that old woman there and we should attack her because that's actually him. Well, that's illegal, right? If, if I had a platform and I, I, I used that platform and said, all right, here are all of the addresses of, of uh, pro-life leaders. Here are instructions how to kidnap their children and burn down their homes. That sh- that's illegal, right? That should not be allowed. That is inciting violence and, and, and revealing privacy and, and, and all of these things, all right? So the question is, where, where is that line crossed? That's the real difficulty. And the problem is the president, on the one hand, should not be banned for life, but he made his own bed by doing what he's doing in such extreme ways as the president. I mean, you're the president. You can't say the things that he would say, the reckless things about people. He's trashed people's lives, friends. This always grieved me and concerned me. All right, he's, he's damaged people's futures and careers and, and, and slandered them, lied about them or maligned them, all right? He's the president. On the other hand, he has the legal right to do that. So he's made his own bed. Now with the insurrection and the horrors of that, it makes everybody look bad. So on the one hand. On the other hand, there is a real crackdown against conservatives. There is a real attack on conservatives. It's that simple. There is a real attack on conservatives. And there is a real attempt to deplatform us, to cancel us. And, and now with the Democrat-led White House and Congress, there may not be restraints to that. I'm not afraid. I'm just saying this, this is the reality of what we're dealing with. And we need to really be in prayer and say, Lord, key thing is that your, your gospel cannot be bound. How can we continue to get your message out? Uh, 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, let's go over to Donnie in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hey, how are you, sir? Doing great. Yeah, I was listening to you the other day, and I tried to make my call in, but then uh, I did some Googling, and I realized that my time frame was off. Uh, so I decided to call in today. Uh, there are a number of things. First of all, everyone's entitled to their fact, their, their opinion, and their faith without being attacked without being attacked. But but with that being said, there are consequences. There are consequences. And uh, President Trump hasn't done anything that he hasn't done before. It's just escalated to a point. It's in viewpoint to a certain way. And it it got to the point that affected the reality of more violence, because violence has been done before this, not to this escalation and not before the public in this way. But I have friends, family, and foe that will fight you over the nature of President Trump, of just even trying to have a conversation. Uh, mostly what I've heard is, why, why are you bashing my president? And the, the understanding is, uh, with myself and with others that have been in the presence of the conversation, them talking about Trump, how he is, what they believe, they weren't bashing him. But they were stating their their uh, their belief in what they believe in and how he is personality wise and so forth. And then as far as the president, let, um, let me you know, let me ask you just one, one thing real quick. When when Barack Obama was president, I found that if I took issue with anything, I was called a racist. And why are you bashing the president? It's like uh, 
racist. I, I just differed with the policy here. Did you encounter that, the opposite side of that, when, when Obama well, was, was president? Well, give me an example of what you're talking about. You said you encountered when yeah, you— on the, on the radio, you, uh, the, the very first time uh, I, I said something— give me an example. Well, give me an example. Yeah, that he was uh, his, his uh, pro-Planned Parenthood view. And I said, I differ with him there, and I got a call, you know, uh, why are you always bashing the president and call me a racist? Why are you always talking about race? It's like, talking about race? You. What are you got talking you. about? So, yeah. so, so we both, we, both of us are Christians. Let me, you know, if it hasn't, if you haven't felt through it by the Spirit, let me identify. We are both are Christians, correct? Yes, stay right here, Danny. We, uh, Donnie, we've got a break, so we're going to continue this conversation on the other side. Stay right here if you can, all right? We'll continue the conversation. By the way, i got some pretty intense clips to play for you some dangerous manipulative prophecy i'm going to play for you a little bit later in the broadcast so make sure you don't miss that be right back It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. We continue to seek to bring a Christian, biblically-based perspective on the chaos and confusion in America today. One thing we know is that ultimately, a house divided can't stand. And especially the church now cannot be in a state of division and hostility. And that means in the midst of differences, some of them very intense, some of them very deep, we have to be able to sit down and talk, brother and sister, together. And a lot of that begins with listening. Obviously, there's only so much listening we can do in the context of a talk radio show with breaks and things that have to be covered. But in our, in our private dealings, we can sit down with someone and say, hey, let's, let's just have lunch together. Let's just talk by phone or, you know, let's FaceTime or Zoom, whatever. And... Let's, you just have to make a determination if friends are alienated, brothers and sisters alienated, family members alienated because of the political chaos in America today. Don't let it stay there. Pray for your heart, pray for their hearts, and then say, hey, let's talk. Or, or let's, let's just agree we don't talk politics. But we, we, we can't allow the enemy to divide us right now. And at the very least, let's agree on we need God, we need each other. And, and we stand for, for what's in Scripture. So in the midst of a conversation with Donnie in St. Louis, back to you, sir. We had to cut off before the break, so go ahead. Not a problem. I definitely understand. Yeah, so you were asking me a question. I asked you to give me an example that you gave me uh, with Barack Obama. And, of course, of course, if someone's attacking you, calling you racist, you know, first of all, you have to turn to a person to attack them. And if you've already turned towards that person and they're just trying to communicate something, you know, in a, in a uh, reasonable way, conversational way, what you just got through talking about, and we need to sit down and talk. Now, every church is not a church. I don't believe that. I believe that the church is, is are those that are filled with God's Spirit and the individuals, from the pastor to the people that play the instruments and so forth, that God said that you are His when you are joined with him uh, in the marriage, you know. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But like I was saying before, to have people to attack you because you're giving your opinion on what you believe, 
but you're not allowed to do that. Most of uh, people I've talked to who, and who are pro-Trump, they they don't have a conversation with me. They attack. Mm-hmm. They attack. And so by I, I did escalate. I tried to de-escalate by just being quiet for a moment and just saying, uh-huh, yeah, and being quiet for a moment. And then if I get an opportunity to say what I have to say, then I try to say that. But when Trump was, supposedly when he caught the virus and his family caught the virus, I put on Facebook not to do the same things I felt he was doing, um, but to pray for him, mm-hmm. to pray for him, and to pray for his family. Because God don't love, he don't love um, some people, he loves everyone, he doesn't hate the individual, he hates sin. Mm-hmm. That's God. In order for us to be Christians, we have to go to him, we have to have a relationship, continuing with him, and grow with him. Trump has been uh, detrimental before he was even in office. I mean, at his rallies, they were pushing uh, this one lady, they were pushing... Yeah, let me just, let me just back up there. You were saying, though, that you posted, what, to pray for him? When he when he yeah. got COVID, yeah. So so let me let me jump in, Donnie, and, and say what the key thing is. And I'm so glad that that, that you called. You know, I'm I'm looking at a, a comment on Facebook, Elaine. No talking won't compromise on abortion to begin with, and and this seems to be where a lot of people are missing each other. And it'd be great if we meet one day face to face and can have can have an extended chat. But it seems all sides have been polarized here. I voted for Trump, but if I take issue with him on something, I'm now disloyal. Why am I, why am I doing that? Why am I hurting our president? It's like I, I don't like what he said about somebody. Or, you know, Don, like you just mentioned, some of the irresponsible remarks at, at rallies and things like that. I don't like that. The most important thing for me is my relationship with Jesus and my witness for him, right? So if someone's going to tarnish my witness, I'm, I'm going to address that. Say, well, I voted for him for these reasons, but boy, I differ with that. I, I wish you wouldn't do that. Well, you're disloyal. You're well. That's like cult-like. On the flip side, I've seen the the Trump haters so irrational. I I can't say a word. I I mean, the moment that I say, "Hey, I really appreciate the good he did here," or that was a you, you can't say a word because he's just a demon to them. So he's been tremendously polarizing on both sides. And what we have to do is figure out a way to build bridges without compromise. And at the very least, it, like you said, you wait, you pause, you get quiet. You pray, and, and then you try to understand where the person's coming from so you can address it. Hey, thank you, sir, for the call. I appreciate it. I'm sure we get to, to talk more. So, uh, Elaine, to your point, I'm not compromising on abortion. I'm not compromising on issues that are sacred to me and I believe sacred to God. But you better believe I'm going to talk to someone. If, if I was on a plane and sitting next to some feminine radical activist, I'd take that as absolutely a God set up a divine appointment. I would jump at that. I'd say, incredible. And I'd start off by saying, I'd tell them, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a conservative Bible believer, strongly pro-life. You have the exact opposite perspective. Tell me why. I've done that with gay activists. I've, I've intentionally had meals with them. and said, you know who I am? You know where I stand? I want to love that person as Jesus did. I want to see their humanity. And then I want to find out how can I reach them to help influence them to see where they're wrong. You better believe I'm going to have a conversation. It's not comp- it is not compromise to sit and talk with people. Don't you have enough confidence in your view and in the, the rightness of your position 
that you can sit with people who differ? Didn't Jesus hang out with sinners and get criticized for it? If I would love, yeah, when I'm flying and talking to someone that have to be a believer, oh, or maybe they even know me and oh, and they're asking Bible questions, that's great. But I would much rather have, I'm sitting next to an ultra-Orthodox rabbi and he's willing to talk to me. Much rather have that. Uh, let's, all right. Um, okay, tell you what, before I go to the phones, I want to play a clip for you. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and if you're just listening, i got to paint the picture. He's got, I don't know, it's like some combat outfit, you know, whatever. It's some law enforcement, a combat outfit. He's got something on the desk in front of him as he's speaking, this Twitter video he put out within the first 24 hours had over 30 million views. You see at the end of the video, it's, it's the sword from Conan the Barbarian. He's got American flag behind him and, you know, governor of California, whatever, and very, very patriotic. Uh, you know, he bashes President Trump as the worst president in our history. And as a Republican, you know, let's stand together with President Biden and, and work for the good of the nation. There's actually hope and positive elements in it and things I absolutely agree with. But I, I want to play the beginning of it and then tell you the big thing that I believe he's missing. So let's let's listen to what Arnold Schwarzenegger had to say. As an immigrant to this country, I would like to say a few words to my fellow Americans to our friends around the world about the events of recent days. Now, I grew up in Austria. I'm very aware of Kristallnacht, or the night of broken glass. It was a night of rampage against the Jews carried out in 1938 by the Nazi equivalent of the Proud Boys. Wednesday was the day of broken glass right here in the United States. The broken glass was in the windows of the United States Capitol. But the mob did not just shatter the windows of the Capitol. They shattered the ideals we took for granted. They did not just break down the doors of the building that housed the American democracy. They trampled the very principles on which our country was founded. Now, obviously, we absolutely stand with him in, in deploring, in rejecting, in castigating, in, in being appalled by the events and the storming of the Capitol last week, one of the most shameful moments in American history. Absolutely. Every person of conscience stands against that. Every, every human being I know stands utterly appalled and completely against that and, and shocked that such a thing happened in our nation. And those that saw it coming, hey, you saw it coming. We all stand against it, utterly appalled by it. And, and you know, I, for me to blame someone... Let's say you've got during the, the, the craziness of, of some of the extreme rioting in, in America uh, it, last summer, spring, summer of, of last year, and a little bit after that, some of the, say, the worst, worst moments and, and some Antifa crazy burning a Bible in Portland, wherever it happened, or setting a police station on fire and trying to kill the cops inside. For me to attribute that to a neighbor who is strong in civil rights and from someone or, or someone that's really concerned about mistreatment of black Americans to, to attribute the burning of the police station to them would be just as wrong as to attribute the storming on the Capitol to a, a pro-life voter that voted for Trump. All right. The problem, though, in, in the comparison here with Kristallnacht is that it's actually the, the opposite. Kristallnacht took place in Nazi Germany the night of November 9th and then bled over into November 10th, 1938. So you had dozens of Jews killed 
many more injured, 20,000 arrested and then sent to concentration camps, all right? You had over 100 synagogues set on fire, many places of business, vandalized. It, it was a horror across the nation. And the Nazis did it to see how the people would react. What if they go now full-blown, all-out attack? They already had the Nuremberg laws and, and other things, discriminatory laws, persecution against the Jews, things were getting bad. But now they, they went all-out violent to see what happened, and nothing happened. German people basically sat by. And that's when the Nazis knew, okay, we can do it. We can do whatever we want. And many historians say that's the official beginning of the Holocaust. It was the exact opposite here in America. The whole nation is appalled. The whole nation is an uproar against what happened. And the perpetrators, the white supremacists and, 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 and hyper-nationalists and the others, they are being universally rejected by Americans and marginalized and isolated as fanatics. And however many of them there are, the vast, 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 vast majority of Americans and conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters hate what happened and reject it. So there's actually some good news in this. Yes, it's horrific and it's terrible, but when you compare it to Kristallnacht, when the German population sat by and did nothing, it's actually the opposite here. Rather than sitting by and doing nothing, the opposite has happened, and America is in uproar over this. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Oh, there are definitely concerns that Arnold Schwarzenegger raises, and the atmosphere of, of believing anything, believing conspiracy theories and different things that could create such a hostility to get to that point, but even there, with many fine, educated people who had legitimate questions about the legitimacy of the vote, to compare that to Nazi lies, that's another thing that is not an apt comparison. All right, we get back. I want to play some very disturbing clips from some Christian leaders claiming to be prophets. I'm going to do that when we come back right here on The Line of Fire. Don't go anywhere. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome back, friends, to The Line of Fire broadcast. I want to focus on the subject of manipulative prophecy. Tomorrow's broadcast, God willing, barring something unforeseen happening, we're going to talk about the definition of a false prophet. Who is a false prophet? How should we categorize someone as a false prophet? What's the difference between wrongly claiming to be a prophet, prophesying falsely, and being a false prophet? Or are they all one and the same? We will address that together. But I, I want to play some clips for you. First from a woman named Kat Kerr, and then from a gentleman named Hank Kuhneman. And I, I don't want to focus on the Trump prophecy part. I, I don't want to focus on that. Uh, I want to focus on the way that these things are being spoken and then some of the threats that are coming with, if you don't listen, what God is going to do to you, all right? Or if you don't receive the prophets a certain way, what God is going to do to you. So this is uh, some Christian news broadcast that is absolutely Trump will be reelected. You watch what happened and, and so on. Not backing down from that, sadly, unfortunately. So Kat Kerr is asked 
uh, about her views. And so you're actually saying that, that Trump will have eight years. And then after that, Mike Pence, listen to what she has to say. So I want to ask Kat the question that keeps being asked to me. They say, well, Kat, if you prophesied eight years, is it that it's four now and four later? No, no, it is not. It's four continual years and get ready for some more impossible things to be said. God did choose Pence for eight years after Trump's eight years. And he has not changed his mind about that either. Okay, so very dogmatic, very clear. And again, I don't want to focus on, on the error of the prophecy itself. I don't want to focus on that. But she says he's going to have four more years consecutive, so eight years, and then eight years of Mike Pence. Okay, another clip from Kat Kerr. The enemy has been a loser from the beginning. He will lose again, and all those who joined him on this journey will fail, and they will fail greatly. And they'll lose properties, and they'll lose positions, and they'll lose money. They'll lose face. And that goes for even some of the Christian leaders who joined their team and decided to abandon what God wanted. They will lose their voice. They will lose their platform. This is a serious thing. So in other words, if you said, I accept the outcome of the election, or whether there is fraud or not, we don't know, our court system didn't recognize it, we, we will recognize Joe Biden as our president. Or if you simply said, hey, God did not speak to me that Donald Trump would be reelected and therefore I can't hold to that in faith, that you are now being threatened. For anyone that's moved by that, that was not the voice of God. That was the voice of a human being misspeaking, all right? But it's one thing she is maybe giving what sounds like her opinion, but t- prophesying all these terrible things are going to happen to those who didn't stay right to the last minute, Donald Trump is going to serve eight consecutive years and so on and so forth, all right? But, but now she's going to claim to be speaking for God. I'm saying this up front. This is not the voice of God. This is the voice of a woman. It's either human anger or demonic. But this is, this is not the voice of God. She is not speaking for God. She's not a prophet, okay? She's not speaking for God. So I want you to hear this, but just brace yourself. At a certain point, she's going to start screaming, This is allegedly God speaking. Now, this is dangerous stuff. And by the way, when I last checked this video last night, it had one, it was like an hour and 40 minutes long, something like that, and it had about 1.8 million views and massively disproportionate thumbs up to thumbs down. So you're talking about mass deception, mass deception out there. Okay, just brace yourself because it's going to get a little bit loud in a moment. Here we go. I will expose and wipe clean the platform that they're trying to stand on right now. And Trump will have to be inaugurated. They will have to say it. Even though they don't want to, the time will come and they will have to say, Trump is the 46th president of the United States, and he will sit in that office for four more years. I have never changed that plan. I have never given an exact date to anyone when something would happen, because I have my own time. Whether it agrees with yours or not, whether you like it or not, this is my country. These are my plans, and I will not have these days taken from me. Can you not stand and not turn to the left and give yourself as a partner to the evil that wants to take this land? Well, I say no. It will not happen. It will end, and it will be done because I say it will be done. So that was absolutely false prophecy. That was absolutely not 
the voice of God. She's not a prophet. She is not speaking for God. I don't know about the rest of her life, ministry, anything else. But this, this is manipulation. This is some of the real bad stuff that's out there. And look, I watch it, and I grieve over the people being deceived. But those watch like, well, I can't differ with God. I, I don't want to speak against the prophets. And I, I, please hear me. I'm talking about people that love the Lord, and, and they want to be honoring, and they don't want to be irreverent. Now, non-charismatics, they're watching and say, I told you you're a bunch of kooks. I always knew you were a bunch of kooks. And then the atheists watch, and they mock. But I'm talking about... Other Christians that are charismatic, like, I, I don't want to speak against it. So, so there's that sensitivity there, and, and yet we get duped and manipulated. Get free from that. Get out from under that. Don't let someone speak these curses over you. So here is his Hank Kuhneman. I don't know him. Friends of mine that know him speak very well of him. I don't know him personally, all right? But I'm addressing not the Trump prophecy, but the, the nature of what's being said. So here's a worship service, and he is about to speak allegedly for God. This is allegedly God speaking through him. Let's listen. Sought to shame my prophets. I said, touch not my prophets and do them no harm. This has been my saying, says the living God, not the words of men. And they have sought to lift the skirts of my prophets to shame them, the media. And those who have listened to lying spirits, who do you think you are? For your skirts shall be lifted and you shall experience the shame of what you have pointed and accused falsely those who have spoken for me and spoken truth. Therefore I bring into this time I will be an irritant once again. As I was in the days of the Philistines when they touched the glory, they touched something sacred. And they were filled with pain in their hinder parts. Listen closely. I shall be a positive, positive irritant of justice and righteousness that they will not be able to sit they will not be able to run. They will not be able to walk. They will not be able to, to hide because of the pain that I will bring to them of great conviction and fear and accountability, says the living God. Yeah, so here you have someone allegedly speaking for God, all right? And God is saying through this person, so this individual claims to be a prophet, don't know him at all, never met him, claims to be a prophet, all right? claims to be speaking for God, and claiming to be speaking for God says, says this, <clears throat> says, I am telling you, I, God, am telling you, don't mess with my prophet. It, it would be like me saying, like you criticize me, and I now speak, Michael Brown, I now speak and say, I, the Lord, say to you, you do not touch Mike Brown. You do not differ with my servant, Mike Brown. If you do, you will be judged. I mean, I mean that's, that's terribly manipulative terribly manipulative and obviously not the voice of the Holy Spirit and obviously not what Psalm 105 15 means we've talked about that last week which which is touch that my anointed to my prophets no harm so now you have God allegedly speaking through someone claiming to be a prophet saying don't touch my prophets otherwise judgment's going to come on you now, now please hear me 
I'm not even concerned about the issue of secular media mocking. That's a separate issue. Let, let God deal with the lost. The fact is plenty of us were mockers before we were saved, and, and God had mercy on us because of our ignorance. I'm not looking for God to smite people down who mock the gospel. I'm looking for God to save those people because I was a mocker myself. I don't know about you, but I was a mocker, and I was hostile. And my wife Nancy, when she was an atheist in the ages of like 8 to 19, she was not just an atheist, but she was a God mocker. I'm glad God had mercy on her more than glad. It didn't strike her. And so many others that I know were mockers and haters and, and blaspheme the, the Lord, but in ignorance. And God had mercy on us. But, but put that aside. Put that aside. There's so many errors that have been spoken by prophetic leaders and so many things that have been missed and so many things that have been wrong and never come to pass and, and downright falsely prophesied by so many charismatic leaders. Expect the world to mock us. That's not a surprise. All right? At our best, when we're in the Lord and, and speaking accurately, we're going to get mocked. How about at our worst, when we're misrepresenting him? But the, the big issue here, and I, I speak as, as, as an elder in the Lord, my concern is how this is hurting the flock, hurting the sheep, because you're terrified to differ. Like in your heart, you know something's wrong, but you're terrified. I can't differ with the prophet. I can't differ with the man of God. I can't differ with the woman of God. Here, you have your own relationship with the Lord, and you have the Bible. All right, start there. Start with the Word of God and your own relationship with God, and test everything. We, God calls us to test everything. That was not the voice of God. That was not a prophetic word. For, for those that say, look, I just I don't believe God prophesied that Trump would have four more years, so I just know it's not going to happen. There's not a curse on you. There's not a curse on you. All right? So don't let someone manipulate you or hurt you. I, I love everyone that I differ with, and if I could be of help to them to get them on the right path where there's error, I'll do it in a heartbeat. But I don't want you to come under bondage, fear, and I don't want the name of the Lord to be maligned. Tomorrow we take up the issue of who or what is a false prophet.